Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like. Come and join us in the chat. I want to thank everybody for joining us on this marvelous evening. Uh, We are still here on the red carpet. The proceedings for the Cover 3 September Awards will begin shortly. Uh, Bud Elliott and Danny Cannell, they have sent along their nominations. Tom and I will debate. For those who've never heard one of these shows, we are going to be handing out Cover 3 September Awards for the Game of the Month the coach of the month, the player of the month, and then finally the team of the month for the month of September. Tom Fernelli is also going to grace us with some of his own awards as well as we try to spotlight some of the best that was in a a very exciting and very rewarding first month of the college football season. In in terms of headlines or so, like we we don't have Bud, we don't have Danny, that you know that they are based in Florida. Hurricane Ian is bearing down on Florida right now. So our, our thoughts are with them and with everybody uh, who is preparing for the storm. We have some adjustments that are made uh, to the games. You know, Florida, Eastern Washington has already been moved to Sunday. South Carolina, South Carolina State has been moved to Thursday. Uh, we've got a South Florida ECU game that has changed locations. Some of the game times might be shifting. So but before we get into this, Tom, you, you are our meteorology expert here on the Cover 3 podcast. And, and I, I've been thinking this myself. Are we waiting to fire on games right now until we start to see? like it, this, this shouldn't just be about how to win your bets in college football. But we at least <laughs> need to acknowledge that this is something that we should be taking into consideration for any, of, any game that's going to be taking place in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, um, anything in the path of the storm right now, how are you handling your handicapping as we try to look at that? Just as an idea of how broken my brain is by this job and college football, like with the hurricane coming, my first thought was, oh, okay, I got to figure out how this is going to impact games, like spreads and totals. And then I remembered Hey, Tom, you remember your dad moved to Tampa like 18 oh, no. months ago? The first thought was, what are we going to do with NC State Clemson over under? Second thought is, oh, yeah, dad. <laughs> like, I'd for, it's like, you know, my dad's only been down there for like 18 months or so. And he hasn't, you know, this is the first like major serious hurricane that he's been dealing with. So it's like, I'm not used to that. It's like, I, for me, it's like, oh, a hurricane's hitting Florida. Okay. I hope everybody I know down there is safe. Oh, wait, my dad is somebody down there that I know now. So it <laughs> But yeah, no, it uh, 
Uh, my dad told me that there's going to be high winds, which will impact the totals of a lot of games and to bet the under on anything in Florida this week. It, I mean, blind, but rain also doesn't always lead to unders as much as people might think. It does when it's accompanied by like 100 mile per hour winds. <laughs> yeah, 100 mile an hour winds, not conducive to kicking field goals, not conducive, no. conducive to moving the ball through the air. Uh, we've it. I I've seen people starting to put together you know, the the analysis of what the scoring has been like in Hurricane Matthew, in Hurricane Joaquin, and any time that we've had these storms sort of come through and impact college football, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's plenty to chew on. All right, now let's go ahead and, and we're going to take it off the red carpet. We're going to take it inside. Thank you for joining us here on the Cover 3 September Awards. We are so happy that you all joined us. We are so happy to, to see so many of college football's dignitaries. Bill Hancock, I'm you know ob obligatory mention of you. So hello, thank you for joining us here in the front row. Uh, we cannot wait to hear about your uh, support of the latest expansion model. But we need to jump right into the awards. We will begin with the game of the month. Tom, there have been so many uh, games that have given us a fantastic finishes, games that have given us great back and forth, games that have given us uh, dumb, games that have given us exquisite performances. There's there's a whole scroll right now if you're watching on youtube.com slash cover three. The way, again, the way this goes is we're going to throw out a couple nominees, uh, engage in some debate, and then ultimately decide on one game. Uh, where do you want to begin this conversation? Uh, for me... I my list is not nearly as long as the one on the scroll. I assume those are all yours. Yeah, I just I wanted I cast a big net. You know, I th there have been some amazing games, and I wanted to at least give a one line mention to most of the ones that are on the scroll. Yeah, I I I went through it. I I whittled my list down to three. And if we want, do you want me to go in order of my number one, two, and three? Yeah, let's do that. All right. My number one game, honestly, for the entire month was the Florida State LSU game right there on Labor Day weekend to start the year, just because we didn't know what to expect really from either team going into the season. And it was our first glimpse, you know, at LSU with Brian Kelly, Florida State with, you know, Mike Norvell entering his what, third year now with some expectations, like we need to see some improvement. It was kind of a very good kind of litmus test for both schools. And it was also a fun kind of stupid game where it was close. It was competitive. It wasn't poorly played, but there were a lot of there was enough stupid stuff to give it like the kind of entertainment you get. And then, of course, the end of the game with, you know, the missed extra point and all that kind of stuff. So for me, that's my number one. But also on my list, I had uh, also from week one, Houston and UTSA, mm -hmm. which was just a very fun kind of back and forth video game, kind of overtime game that I don't think many people were watching, but I was watching it and I enjoyed it a lot. And then my third, going for a big matchup, I had Alabama-Texas. I think that when you look at everything, like it was a surprise that Texas was able to compete and nearly pull off the upset and had Quinn Ewers not gotten hurt. Maybe Texas does pull off the upset and kind of change the entire trajectory of the 2022 season. So for me, those were my three favorite games of September. So my uh, the I had to leave off Houston-UTSA, and I... I wanted to make sure that it got mentioned. I'm glad that you did because the finish was amazing 
Mm -hmm. I didn't in real time get to enjoy the back and forth video game nature of that game. Like Clayton Toon leaping over uh, the defender into the end zone for the game winning conversion. That was amazing. But I only got to take that in as just a play. I'm glad that you at least brought it up. I'm glad that you mentioned it. Alabama, Texas is an interesting one. Is that was? Do you think that the stakes of the game, everything that we had building into it, probably contribute to a game of the month consideration? For sure. In that, you know, it was like we kind of all, you know, I think everybody on the show took Alabama to cover, and it was like a seventeen-point spread. None of us expected it to be close. I don't think many people expected it to be close, and for it to be as competitive as it was, and just with the jeopardy, because like there was a real chance that Alabama was going to lose that game, because even after Ewers got hurt and had to leave the game, it's not like Alabama was pulling away. Bryce Young was kind of finally put the team on his back in the second half and was able to get them to win, and of course they got some some help from the officials a little bit there too, some <laughs> bad calls. But I just, it's like this thinking, because you you go into a season and so often this sport in the recent years, it's like a lot of it, you know the outcome. You know Alabama's going to be awesome. You know Georgia's going to be awesome. You know certain teams are going to be awesome. You don't typically get to see those teams tested before the postseason or at least to like conference championship games. So to get that test very early in the year, it kind of opened the eyes. It's like I'm looking at Alabama now and it's like, huh, there's some there's some weak spots on this team. So just entertainment and knowledge acquired kind of factors for me was the game of the month. All right. My number one is incredible. Well, first of all, and apologies to Appalachian State because I I did not have on this. I've got App State mentioned three times on my list of nominees, and not one of them is winning at Texas A&M, and two of them are losses. So apologies, Mountaineers, but it's been incredible. Uh, my number one is North Carolina 63, App State 61. Not just for the ridiculous scoring, not just for 62 points in the fourth quarter alone, but the way the game unfolded. App State goes up 21-7 early, and we're all like, okay, here we go. They're going to take down North Carolina. Drake May rolls off 28 straight points. Like, okay, no, no worries, no upset here. And then that North Carolina defense, as as now we come to know them as one of the 10 worst defenses in all of FBS, they allow 40 points in the fourth quarter. I mean, the dumb factor is there too, as North Carolina returns an onside kick for a touchdown when all they could have done is fallen on it and ended the game. You had a, a failed two-point conversion that could have been a walk-off. So I loved the call. Then the failed two-point conversion that could have tied it to send it to overtime. Again, 63-61 with zero overtimes. My number two, again, like I am admitting I'm in my ACC bag here, but Clemson 51, <laughs> Wake Forest 45. I Both quarterbacks just throwing uh, for like 700 yards and 11 touchdowns. We finally see some Clemson wide receivers stepping up and, and having some really big games. We see DJ have his best game of the season. You know, Wake Forest is at, coming up with answers at every turn as Clemson tries to climb back into this and eventually take it in overtime. I thought the, that game showed that Clemson and Wake Forest are two of the best teams in the entire ACC. And this past weekend showed us that the four best teams in the ACC are all in the ACC's Atlantic division. And uh, I, I thought that one was a little bit of a classic. I have Sir Syracuse 32, Purdue 29 on here. I'm not going to argue that it was a well-played game. That's not the best game of the month. <laughs> oh, boy, was it fun. Oh, my gosh, yeah. that was so dumb. 
it was, I mean, like dumb goes a long way with me. Uh, I also have a Florida State 35, Louisville 31 on here. And that's like the 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 legend of Tate Rotomaker. The fact that Jordan Travis goes out, Tate comes in, the man throws a pick right away, and everyone's like, oh, no. Okay, we know how this goes. You'd seen Jared Verse go out. You'd seen, uh, I think Bethune ended up coming back. But, you know, the whole love it was going out. Like the the Florida State, was starting to get real rickety. It looked like the wheels were about to pop off, and it was about to happen on the road. Then they end up charging back for a 35-31 to 31 win. Uh, the App State Troy finish, you know, 32-28, the ridiculous Hail Mary. But also, James Madison pulling a Patriots-Falcons coming back from 28-3 mm-hmm. down to go and win that game. I had that one on the list as well. Um, oh, yeah, and then Florida 29, Utah 26. Doesn't feel like it deserves game of the month recognition because of how misleading it was. But boy, in the moment, it was fun. It was, (laughs) we were really starting to get uh, hyped for the Gators and it gave us a thrilling conclusion at the end as well. So those are the ones that I wanted to uh, make sure I highlighted. Any, any, any one of those stand out, especially ones that didn't make your ballot? Like, which one would you throw some support behind? Of those three, I'm throwing. Purdue Syracuse out right off the bat. I enjoyed the game, but if that was the best game of the month, that we had a terrible month because that was just that was a bad football game most of the time. Um, I would go with UNC App over of of the three you mentioned. I think that to me is probably the best game of the three. I think that was a fun game. It was an entertaining game, and I also think that while I don't love like I like I have nothing against shootouts. I have nothing against fun. It's just I hate when games have absolutely no defense and that one had defense for a while, like North Carolina's defense, like you mentioned, what was it? 41 points in the fourth quarter, 40 points in the fourth quarter allowed yeah, by like fast defense. Yeah. Like things fell apart late, but they were actually not playing terribly for the entire game until the end. And then that's kind of, so I would go with that one of your three. That would be my favorite. If I had to vote on one of those three, that's the one I would pick. Well, here's where it gets a little dicey because bud has taken Kansas state 41, Oklahoma 34, you know, I guess he finally saw Adri- his favorite Adrian Martinez passing game. You know, so that's going to really stand out to uh, my man right there. And then Danny took Clemson 51, Wake Forest 45. Jordan, do you want to weigh in here? Chat, do you want to weigh in? We, we've got to make a decision. I would say that we've got UNC App State. Um, and then we've got uh, the Florida State LSU. What's what, where, where are we going to land here? Uh, or Clemson Wake Forest. What are we going to land here as the as the award winner? Do you have it? Do you have a strong? I like this from David. That UNC app happening at the same time as Iowa South Dakota State is the perfect view of why college football is the best. That's very true. We were sitting yeah. there in the noon hour watching Iowa put seven points on the board with two safeties and a field goal, and yet at the same time the touchdowns were just absolutely uh, rolling uh, through and through over there in Boone. All right, so we have. I think, I think based on the comments and based on the votes, I think it's looking like North Carolina App State is our game of the month. So congratulations to North Carolina sixty-three, App State sixty-one. You are the Cover Three Podcast Game of the Month. Congratulations, your award is in the mail. All right, rewarding now- teams who don't know how to tackle. Way to go. Hey, listen, man, in entertainment, 
<laughs> Listen, all, all this is an entertainment product. We just want to be out here. Uh, but yeah, Florida State LSU, definitely you were deserved a spot there in the third row. You know, make a funny face when the camera's on you. Uh, Clemson Wake Forest, we see you as well. Uh, lots of good nominations here. But North Carolina 63, App State 61 takes the award. All right, now let's turn our attention to the coach of the month. Tom, I'll go ahead and let you lead off the uh, the nominations, names that stood out for the Cover 3 podcast Coach of the Month. Uh, I will start with my runners-up, and then I'll finish with the guy that I would vote for number one right off the bat. Obviously, Lance Leipold at Kansas. I have to include him on this list. Kansas is 4-0. It should be ranked. Believe in Kansas. I do. Uh, another coach for me, Kalen DeBoer, Washington, off to an excellent start. And most, more than anything, it's like just the how quickly things have turned around there. Because Washington, the last few years, like when, when Jimmy Lake was in charge, that was just a that was a hard watch. Like they were not a fun football team in any way. Like they played good defense, but just offensively, it was slog. So now you tune in. They're still playing solid defense, but the offense is like something you want to look at and you want to see happen. So very impressed with Washington and what Kalen DeBoer has been able to do there very quickly. Uh, I would, I'm going to say James Franklin because Penn State's off to a 4-0 start. But keep in mind, Penn State got off to a hot start last year. So let's see what happens once conference play begins. So I'm not giving him the award. So I'm going to give the award, or at least my number one spot, Mike Norvell. Like mm-hmm. we, we touched on it a little bit in that LSU Florida State game coming into the season. You know, like there's the the specter. Like I don't I don't know how realistic it's ever been, but the specter of Dion looming over the job and all that kind of stuff, and people that are getting you know want to see progress being made. And I did not have the highest expectations for Florida State. Like when we did our win totals, I took it was there were seven and a half or eight and a half. I took the under on it. I just didn't think they were to get there. And they're already four and zero. Like the, winning, beating Duquesne. That who cares? But getting the LSU win, then going on the road again in back to back weeks, beating Louisville, crushing BC. Like we have seen too often. Like Florida State, it loses. Like the games that it's supposed to win, it plays a little too down to its opponent, and then the games it's not supposed to win, it just kind of loses. That hasn't been the case this year. They're winning games that they're maybe not supposed to. And when the, like against Boston College this week, a team that they should have crushed because Boston College has looked pretty bad so far, they crushed them. They're taking care of business. Now, the next few weeks are going to tell the real tale because they've got Wake this weekend. If that game gets played, we don't know. But then that's followed with NC State and Clemson before a bye at the end of October, which might be when they play Wake after. So this is a really tough three-game stretch for them, and it's probably going to be the stretch that decides their season. For September, 4-0, very good. I would put Mike Norvell at number one. I have uh, my my four, and I, I honestly had not uh, – I was I was in, interested in engaging in the conversation. I didn't have one that I was going to single out. My four were Kalen DeBoer, which, as you mentioned, has very quickly w- awoken that Washington program and have them looking like they are going to be competing for the Pac-12 championship once again. I've got Mike Norvell as well. The The fact that he has been able to do, apparently, so far do a lot of the intangible stuff that we talk about here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to be a sucker for the the vibes. I'm going to be a sucker for, you know, being able to flip the attitude of a locker room, being able to change the focus, like all of that coach speak, it actually comes down to being able to communicate to young people 
and get them to buy in on ideas that help you win close games. They were losing heartbreaking close games before. They are winning them now. I think that Mike Norvell and his staff uh, deserve a huge credit for that. I've got Norvell on there. Lance Leipold, I, I almost feel like I'm I feel like I'm getting too used to him being awesome. I, I'm yeah. getting way too I mean, they've got what seven straight against the spread covers dating back to last year. They had the Texas win last year. Like I it's it's super um it's it's a bummer for Kansas fans who would love to hear like more support for Lance Leipold through and through. And you know, maybe if you're a Nebraska fan who wants Lance Leipold, you you love to see what's uh what's coming out of Lawrence right now. I feel like I'm just getting a little too used to him being awesome, which leads me to my fourth nominee. And I don't think I can argue this for necessarily the coach of the month, but Dino Babers, because that man entered this season with a lot of, I don't even know if it was pressure from the administration because the conversations that we had around here were Syracuse has to figure out what it wants its football program to be. Like as if we were projecting that the orange were going to fall short of the postseason once again, that 2018, that 10 win season was just going to look like an aberration and that Dino was just going to field another five and seven squad. A lot of football left, but they're sitting here at four and oh, and they've got like close win against Purdue. They've got close win against Virginia. The dome has been electric. Uh, I think that Dino Babers a hundred percent deserves a bunch of credit for the way that he kind of like Mike Norvell has been able to take a narrative that things were sliding in the wrong direction and be able to flip it on its head here in the first month of the season. I will say like he's definitely in consideration for the award this month, but to me, if you're nominating a team that's going to start like five and oh, and then finish maybe missing a bowl or barely being like being six and six Syracuse is that team. Just because like they're, but if you look at their schedule, like they're four and zero now, they're playing Wagner this week, so they're going to be five and zero. But then the second half of their schedule is NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Florida State, Wake, and then they finish with Boston College. So this could be very much a scenario where they win this fifth game, they lose six straight, and then they're going on the road to Boston College to finish the season where they need a win to get to a bowl. So, uh, Danny took Mike Norvell. Shocker. So that's two for Mike. Uh, wow. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Bud took Kalen DeBoer. So again, we're all sort of hovering around the, the same sort of picks right now. Um, ooh, Kurt Signetti. That's a good one. Probably should have mentioned yeah. that. James Madison head coach has done a fantastic job. Uh, like James Madison came into this season very upset with the way that their roster had kind of been poached a little bit you know other programs that had come in there and tried to get a lot of talent out uh of the the dukes program and they also you know use the transfer portal themselves to be able to you know beef up their roster and get their numbers up but they they've got their numbers up we always knew the passion and the facilities were, were on par with an fbs program but man their execution and their efficiency has been fantastic kurt signetti 100 percent uh, deserves a, a lot of credit for what he's done so far through the month. We got to pick a winner. I think Norvell or Kalen DeBoer is the debate right now. You're on Norvell. Danny's on Norvell. Jordan, can we get a can we get a, a DeBoer Norvell vote from you, producer Jordan? Oh, uh, Jordan's the tiebreaker. Boom. Mike Norvell, you, know, you could just. Can you not talk to us, Jordan? Are you afraid to speak? You don't have to. You know. 
the people, the, the people want, the people want more Jordan in the, in the podcast. All right. With producer Jordan as the tiebreaker there. And again, uh, congratulations to Dino Babers, to Kalen DeBoer, to Lance Leipold, uh, to Kurt Signetti. Uh, you all are, are definitely going to be at the after party. And look, you you have to do less press right now because Mike Norvell at least has to go and do all the interview with the press. You can go ahead and, and start hitting the open bar. Congratulations to Florida State head coach Mike Norvell. You are the Cover 3 Podcast Coach of the Month for September. Also, I, I would like to say, like, Norvell's won Coach of the Month. We had the Game of the Month. If the schools would like to maybe tilt the awards in their favor in the future, you know, like, if, if, if you're listening and you're Florida State and maybe there's some social media kind of, you know, graphics out there later today that show that Mike Norvell was named the Cover 3 Podcast Coach of the Month, that could that could help you in the future if you are a social media manager who listens to the show. I mean, listen, we a hundred percent are available to be bribed. Yes, and like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Coming up, I should on hang a for sale sign behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom's got a new house. All right, we've got a lot of empty space that we can sell in Tom's background. Coming up on the other side, we continue with our Cover 3 podcast awards with a focus on the player of the month for the month of September and our team of the month. All that and more next. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast as we continue with our Cover 3 podcast awards for the month of September. Our game of the month went to North Carolina 63, App State 61. Our coach of the month went to Mike Norvell of Florida State. Got the Seminoles off to a 4-0 start. And now we turn our attention to the players getting it done on the field Tom Fernelli, who are the players that made your short list for the Cover 3 Podcast Player of the Month? All right. Uh, the short list, I will start with the guys who, again, I'm not naming as my top player, but guys who I think deserve consideration. Um, start with quarter. I think, honestly, Tanner Morgan is somebody who has taken a huge step forward once again in the new under with Reunited with Kirk Shiraka, putting up 2019 numbers again, averaging 11.2 yards per attempt, completing nearly 78% of his passes, seven touchdowns, one interception. Drake May at North Carolina is a guy who I didn't know what to expect coming in, but in the little that I've seen of him, he is somebody that I know a few years from now when we're doing our mock draft projections, that's going to be a first-round pick. That kid is very good. Uh, Jalen Daniels at Kansas, another quarterback who's having a fantastic start, a true du dual threat. He's been killing teams through the air and with his legs. Running backs, Illinois' Chase Brown leads the nation with 151 yards per game. He also leads the nation in explosive runs, which are runs over 10-plus yards. Another Minnesota player, Mo Ibrahim, is right behind Chase at 141.8 yards per game, but he's got eight touchdowns, which is more than twice as many as Brown has. And then at the receiver position, you know, Charlie Jones at Purdue. Like, this is just a weird thing to me in that Jones was at Iowa playing in Iowa's offense and putting up the kind of numbers you would expect an Iowa wide receiver to put up, which means there were none. He goes to Purdue, and now he's averaging 133 yards per game, 10 catches, 13 yards. It's only 13 yards a catch, but he has had some big plays, and he's got seven touchdowns. So, like, that's just, for me, that's that's remarkable. 
Uh, but the one player I want to give the award to is the one player who I think if you took a Heisman vote right now, like if they did it right now, I still think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are finishing 1-2 because they haven't done anything to lose their cachet. But the guy who's finishing third is Hendon Hooker. That's right. That's right. Pride of Dudley High School, Greensboro, North Carolina, stand up. Hendon Hooker. Um, yeah, he's, I, he's playing fantastic. Like, this is since the beginning of the last. Like, the kid hasn't thrown an interception in the last seven games. He takes care of the football. He makes smart decisions. He makes quick decisions. And he puts the throw where it's supposed to be. He's just playing really good football right now in an offense that is designed where it's like most quarterbacks can put up numbers in Josh Heupel's offense. But some quarterbacks can play it to a level where it's just putting up ridiculous ridiculous stats so this is not just to me this is not just the product of the offense this is a guy who is in an offense that he is perfectly suited for and he's mastering in front of our eyes i can't remember if you got tagged in this as well but a listener uh just just brought us back to the moment when justin fuente chose josh jackson over hendon hooker and those two were battling this future maryland quarterback josh jackson after transferring out from virginia tech but and then he was competing against ryan willis as well um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to rub it in Virginia Tech fans, but the best player in college football through four mm-hmm. weeks here in the 2022 season was there in the quarterback room in Blacksburg, uh, ready to go. I'm, I, I love, you it. know, who's no longer in the quarterback room in Blacksburg, Justin Fuente. Justin Fuente. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, right, I had uh, Hendon Hooker as my number one, I had Jalen Daniels as my number two, and look. I do wish Bud was on here for this show, and I, I know he's going to listen to it later. I had Stetson Bennett. Like that's the the offense, which has been you know uh, for the most part in most games extremely efficient, is being run through Stetson Bennett. I mean, the offense is going through his arm. He is he's using the the short little swing passes to the running backs as an extension of the run game. He is, you know, directing the offense. He is doing uh, everything that you would hope for having a start. Like anytime you've got your offensive coordinator in place and your starting quarterback also returning, you hope to see a level up of the way that things are executed on the field. We've seen that with Sean Clifford finally having two straight years of the same offensive coordinator. I think that's one of the reasons why we see Hendon Hooker has taken that next step. Stetson Bennett has done that. I mean, the experience that he has had has allowed him to be in perfect lockstep with Todd Munkin with where the ball needs to go. He's been incredibly efficient. Stetson Bennett, I I had on there. Drake May, I had. Drew Sanders is just super fun, especially when we look at it uh, compared to, not compared, but in the lens of this coming weekend's game, Alabama-Arkansas, former five-star recruit for Alabama, transfers out from Alabama, goes to Arkansas, and ends up being the nation's leader in sacks through four weeks of the season, five and a half, an absolute pass rush monster. He's had an awesome start. And then Michael Penix, I mean, who's just lighting up defenses so far. Competition's going to get tougher, not not with UCLA, but you know he will face tougher defenses. But that's uh, Michael Penix is having a tremendous, tremendous start to the season. And like I don't, I'm not trying to jinx it or whatever, but that man stays healthy for the entire season. He's he is going to be one of the more prolific passers in the entire country under you know the guidance of Kalen DeBoer, who we've already mentioned as uh, as one of the better coaches from the first month. I'm in terms of debate, I'm kind of with you, man. I like Hendon Hooker's was at the top of mm. my list. 
Um, who did Bud took Hendon Hooker as Bud well? Hooker. Oh my gosh, did Danny take Hooker too? Oh no, he took Jalen Daniels. That's respectable. Kansas bias from Danny once again. Classic Kansas bias from Danny, which means that we've got three to one. Uh, we have an award winner. Congratulations, Hendon Hooker, our Cover Three Podcast Player of the Month for the month of September. Again, that'll look great on a social media graphic. Tennessee, mm-hmm. talking to you. Cover three podcast player of the month, Hendon Hooker. And use that like cold-blooded photo of him that's floating around where he's just staring out. And he's he's standing in front of his teammates in the end zone, staring out into uh, the the fans. Like, yeah, this is, yep. this is what we do. This is what we do. Uh, Brock Bowers is a, a great nominee, uh, but I've – I already had one Georgia dog, one dog on my list. Yeah, see, that's, if I was going to include a Georgian offensive player, I would have taken Bowers over Stetson. We we will continue the Bennett Bowers conversation as as we continue on into conference play because I think that Bowers' importance is also going to be highlighted more once the competition starts to beef up just a little bit. Uh, so congratulations to Hendon Hooker, again, Jalen Daniels, Stetson Bennett, Drake May, Drew Sanders, um, and, and so many more, All and Michael Penix, all all worth uh, some conversation as we look at it. Chase Brown, Mo Ibrahim, Tanner Morgan, the, lots of great performances. We will see all of you all uh, at the after party. Uh, Hendon, you can you can head this way with your award to, uh, to go and meet the media. All right. Now, turning our attention to our team of the month. Final award of the night here. And look, this is going to uh, include a lot of the same uh, coaches and players that we have already mentioned so far because, shocker, if you are a nominee for Coach of the Month or Player of the Month, then you probably are playing on one of the best teams, at least in terms of uh, this award formula. So, Tom, who were the teams that stood out and made your shortlist for the team of the month? Short list, like you said, a lot of teams we've discussed already, a lot of players and coaches from these teams we've discussed, Tennessee, Washington, Minnesota, Florida State, Syracuse, plenty of good teams. But for me, like, come on, there's only one team I am choosing is the team of the month. And it is the team I've been talking about all month, the team that I have been betting on all month and the team that has been winning for me all month. Rock Chalk, the Kansas Jayhawks believe in Kansas, rank them, you cowards at the AP poll. This has been the, to me, it's the biggest story of September because I know that there are other good stories out there and there are other bigger stories getting more national attention, but freaking Kansas football has already won more games in a season this year in September than it had in any season since 2009. This has been a four wins in September. This is a team that usually wins four games every three years total. They're they're the story. They are the best team of the month to me. They deserve the award. And honestly, Chip, I went in when we were doing our nominations. I could have just done a clean sweep of Kansas, but for the sake of the show, I didn't want to do that. So, like, I saved them for team of the month, but I could have given Jalen Daniels the player of the month, could have given Lance Leipold the coach of the month. I could have have done the Kansas-West Virginia game as the game of the month, even though it really wasn't, but I could have nominated it. It's just everything has been Kansas for me this month, so, of course, I have to go with the Jayhawks here. All right, I'm going to do Tom Fernelli. I'm going to work in reverse order here. Uh, Penn State, 
You mentioned James Franklin earlier, and that sort of factors in a lot to why I wanted to put Penn State here. I think that they Penn State has accomplished everything that you might expect, but also the performance against Auburn on that huge stage. They were so dominant, and they have been uh, dominant against all of the competition. You get the sense that the Nittany Lions really are in for a special season and after starting the season outside of the top 25 in the AP poll for the first time since 2016, it does look like Penn State could be in the running to have another special season like the Nittany Lions did back in 2016, the emergence of Nick Singleton, uh, the way that that defense has played even after a lot of key losses. I think that a very, very impressive Penn State team all around deserves some credit or at least some some no, some recognition, I guess is the right word, here in this conversation. Washington Huskies, we already mentioned Michael Penix. We already mentioned Kalen DeBoer. Um, that is such a fun team to watch. And like you said earlier, that is whiplash from uh, where they were under Jimmy Lake. I've got Minnesota as a nominee for the team of the month. Absolutely thumping everyone. Not my pick to... Um, not my pick to win the award because I think we do have to take some some of the competition into consideration. I've got Florida State as another team who has played some some top level competition and played well. I've got Tennessee, but my number one has two road wins, and my number one has two Power Five wins. My number one is the Kansas Jayhawks. Rank them, you cowards. Believe in Kansas. All right, what did Bud probably did Washington? Oh, Bud! No, Bud took Kansas. And Danny took? Kansas? Kansas. That is unanimous support. Number one. That I mean, like this isn't a lock show, but like that—that is a lock infinity of team of the month. There has never been more unified support for a single team when it comes to the cover three podcast awards than Kansas as the team of the month in September. Congratulations to Lance Leipold. Congratulations to Jalen Daniels. Congratulations to Mark Mangino. Congratulations to Todd Riesling and congratulations to the Kansas family, the Kansas Jayhawks are the team of the month for the month of September. You're not giving Les Miles any of the credit? Uh, no. <laughs> Les Miles, uh, Miles came to the award banquet, and uh, conveniently, his name was not on the list. <laughs> sorry, bud. I just... We're, Oh, I'm I'm sorry. We don't we don't we don't have Mad Hatter. No, we don't have that one either. We don't have you're gonna you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to go back to the valet and get your car back because uh, you're not invited to this party. I, I apologize. So it's uh it it has been a tremendous start. And and with that, I just I I hope Kansas keeps it going because I'm I'm a, I'm gonna feel bad if we if we <laughs> if we give them this award and then. And, the, and then they take that first L. It's gonna big. Listen, they're going to lose eventually, but right now, top of the world. Are, are, I mean, we got locks tomorrow. Are, mm-hmm. are you going to lock it up again? 
we'll have to tune in tomorrow. Okay. Cause it, I mean, it is, it has become the most trendy underdog of week five. Yes. At home mm-hmm. against an Iowa state team that does not play well as a favorite under Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. We'll I'm already out there on a limb with it. I don't know if I'm going to throw it on my locks, but I am very public. I'm exposed. I've got some exposure. <laughs> I've got some CBS Sports HQ best bet of the week exposure. You know, we'll see. Underdog killers. Well, Iowa State. I see you, Isaac. Well, Iowa we'll, State does not kill underdogs. Iowa State is the underdog. <laughs> um. Yeah. Any uh, in anything else before we get out of here? A little bit. Of, I'm trying to think. We don't have any more updates. I've got my yet. own awards. Oh the. Oh yes! Oh, I love this. Thank you. I I mm-hmm. I apologize. I was so wrapped wow. up in our lock or in our award infinity support of Kansas that I was, I, my bad. All right, Tom Fernelli always closes out our award show with some of his um, spotlighting awards for the month. Tom, the floor is yours. What do we What do we give in our our flowers to today? Uh, we're going to start with the 180 of the month, which is something we touched on a little bit on Monday show. All offseason, Danny and I were very skeptical about Quinn Ewers. You know, we'd only seen the highlight videos of him. We'd never really seen him play in a game. And you're seeing all these like, oh, look at him making all these off-platform throws. Oh, wow. Like throwing against air. It's like, wow, he looks really cool. Like, let's let's see what he looks like when he has to actually play football. Then... You know, he plays the first game against ULM, and it's like, all right, he tears him apart. But it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, no, you can see the talent. You can see it, but let's let's see that Alabama game. And then about, what, two series into Alabama, Danny and I are both in the Cover 3 group chat like, oh, my God, this kid's amazing. So just a complete 180 after about two series of real game action. So that goes to that. Uh, my next award is the most misleading win of the month award. Congratulations, Florida, for your win over oh, then wow, number yes. 10, Utah. When, you know, everybody's like, oh, wow, this Florida team's looking pretty good. Let's rank them. They beat the number 10 team in the country. Anthony Richardson is the Heisman candidate. He's a blend of Vince Young and Cam Newton. And they have lost both of their conference games since to Kentucky and Tennessee, who are their primary contenders for the second best team in the East. So we know that's not going to be Florida. Uh, crowd shots of the month award. Go to everybody in attendance in the Superdome at the end of Florida State and LSU. Just tremendous television there as they were going from fan to fan as the game went back and forth. Nobody could believe what they were seeing, whether it was good or bad. It was just tremendous television. I loved every moment of it. Uh, yeah, the next bet. Well, so, I mean, just like real quick, because it was the, the Florida State, you know, not being able to punch it in brings back everything we talked about with like the why Mike Norvell is the coach of the month because like all right here mm-hmm. we go again how this is us screwing it up then LSU which has had its own how are we going to screw this up ever since winning the title in 2019 mm-hmm. well you amazing yes then back in and with the shriek oh yeah i talked about that on the podcast afterwards the shriek after the extra point was blocked which is both oh no and oh yes at the same time with disbelief across the board. College football is just the best, man. The best. Yeah. yeah. And also, again, Jordan showed it if you're watching on the YouTube, but like female Steve Spurrier, just absolutely iconic. Like that was incredible. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Steve Spurrier. 
<laughs> That's what I'm saying. That is Steve Spurrier in a wig. Just that is leaning Stephanie back Spurrier. That's a cousin. <laughs> that is Stephanie Spurrier. I know it. <laughs> All right. Uh, next award goes to bet of the month. Mm. Vandy over two and a half wins. Over by October. Cashed. Never a doubt. Got, got the special message from Barton after the game. <laughs> he, he told us what to do with that ticket. Um, next award, Beard of the Month. I don't know if you saw this during the Florida-Tennessee game, but there was a Tennessee fan in attendance. The checkerboard who had beard. Yeah, who had the checkerboard beard, dyed like the end zones. And, I mean, it's a tremendous beard. If you're watching on the YouTube, you can see it right now. But I just... I think about the time and the effort that goes into doing that and how long that process must be. And I just wanted that man to be rewarded with more than just like a two second shot on, on the CBS broadcast. I want to commemorate it here forever as the September 22 cover three podcast beard of the month award winner. And then finally, the last one I have is the delusional fan of the month award, which goes to hold on. I got to scroll and find it here. It goes to a USC writer at reign of Troy. It's a wonderful website for any of you USC fans who responded to something I tweeted and wrote, put, built a story around it. I've talked about USC's points off of turnover margin to start the season, which is ridiculously high, and it is way, way further ahead of anybody else. And I posted a graphic that kind of displayed how far away USC was. Just and I tweeted it. I said, this is, this is just not sustainable for USC. Well, the headline from Reign of Troy why USC's football points, why USC's points off turnover margin is actually sustainable. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to read this. This is going to be interesting. And the reason it's actually sustainable is it is sustainable, though. The reason it's sustainable is because even when USC's offense is only scoring 17 points like they did on Saturday against Oregon State, they still added 10 to that margin. They had by far the worst offensive performance of the season, and still they just kept on taking advantage of turnovers. That's not that doesn't explain to me why it's sustainable. That just tells me what happened. And I'm telling you what's been happening is not sustainable. As you can see, if you're watching on the YouTube, there is the graphic. Look at where USC's logo is compared to the rest of the country. <laughs> that is not sustainable. You cannot rely on scoring points off of turnovers all season long while your offense never turns the ball over. There's a thing called turnover luck. It exists. It exists for a reason. So that guy wins the USC. He wins the delusional fan of the month for September 22. Congratulations. I hope that once October's over that you're still allowed to be delusional because honestly, I'm rooting for it. I hope that that kind of turnover look continues just to kind of break everybody's brains a little bit. How is undefeated Syracuse the exact opposite of USC in that statistic? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I was talking about with Syracuse. When you look at some of the underlying numbers, that's a team that could start the season five and zero and miss a bowl. Yeah. That is just, I mean, enjoy it while you can, Orange fans. I am um, delusion. I mean, listen, the the delusional fan of the month. There's there are going to be a lot of opportunities for continuing uh, to come back to this to this category, especially as the coaching searches really uh, start to ramp up. Isaac in the chat says, how about the Auburn fan that on their forum predicted that Mike Zimmer as their de defensive coordinator and Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. Definitely. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that, that would be a great way to, uh, to ramp up your, uh, to ramp up your coaching staff pretty quickly. I don't want to add fuel to the fire, but I saw both Mike Zimmer's wife and Cliff Kingsbury's wife shopping for houses in Auburn. Just saying. 
You know, they're and they're so committed to the idea that they're not even going to be in Atlanta and then drive. They're actually, they're actually down to be there. You know who they were with? Because they're only coordinators. Miss Terry. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I don't, I don't want to start rumors, but I mean, I can only believe that this means Nick Saban is about to leave Alabama and go to Auburn. And he's about to have Cliff Kingsbury as his offensive coordinator and Mike Zimmer as his defensive coordinator. And Auburn is going to run off six straight SEC championships. It's, that's the only yeah, thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's happening. It's happening. Um, on your uh, beard guy, huge advantage for him. I'm not, I'm not discrediting the time that it took. But he has an orange base. The man's general facial hair complexion allows him to not need to go as hard on the orange and really focus on the accenting whites. If someone of, you know, like your facial hair or my facial hair, you get the time it would take to get that thing orange. Now, that that would really be impressive through and through. Um no, another straight shot that I can't, I can't believe I'm pulling back on this, but you mentioned Tanner Morgan earlier, and I've, I've got to throw this into the universe because our friend Michael Felder pointed out, and I can't stop thinking about it, PJ Fleck and Tanner Morgan look like each other now. Yes. It is hilarious. Yes. I, I love it. I, I love every second of it. And Tanner Morgan's so old, and PJ Fleck looks so young that, listen, they could switch. They 100% could switch. And uh, we could have a Freaky Friday situation. Tanner Morgan, don't play poorly. PJ Flex is going to come out in the second half wearing your helmet and be able to pull it off and try to go win the game himself. If you want to give us any feedback, if you want to give us any nominees, we are always looking for your input. Uh, So reminder that in the last Wednesday of the month, we will continue to come back and hand out our awards for the previous month, if you're a social media manager or if you work for one of these teams, again, we can be bribed. And also, it's right there. So to review, congratulations to North Carolina 63 App State. You are the Cover 3 Podcast Game of the Month. Congratulations to Florida State Coach Mike Norvell. You are the Cover 3 Podcast Coach of the Month. Congratulations to Hendon Hooker. Tennessee quarterback, you are the Cover 3 Podcast Player of the Month and the unanimously supported number one team of the month, the Kansas Jayhawks. Congratulations to Kansas. You are the Cover 3 Podcast Team of the Month for the month of September. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Tom, thank you very much. Stay safe, Florida.